Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This week's episode is brought to you by Strax the Sontaran's new stand-up special, now on Netflix. Sonta, ha! What is the difference between a human male and a human female? This is not a joke. I do not know the difference. Boo! Who said that? I did, you suck! <laughs> now available on Netflix. Santa, ha! Once you go Strax, you never go. Bax? Nailed it. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Doctor Is In. I'm your host, Paul Verhoeven. It's just so good to see you. You look good. Have you done something with your hair? Oh, you haven't. I've just... No, I've just got a concussion. You look you look as good as always. Anyway, um, thank you so much for joining me this week on The Doctor Is In. Uh, wow, there's just so much to do this episode, so I'm a little bit frantic because my guest this week was very overstimulating. Uh, I actually have Rove, the host of Whovians, on the show this week, and we are going to be looking at Colin Baker's tenure as The Doctor, which was, to put it mildly, a wee bit sketchy. But first, whose news is it anyway? This week in Doctor Who news, David Tennant and Billy Piper. Okay, now, setting aside for a, for a moment the fact that I have always been a rampant fan of uh, the 10th the Doctor and Rose, and honestly, guys, I'm convinced that the entire Doctor Who overarching story could happily have ended with the two of them being reunited and getting married and having babies and kissing and touching forever and roll credits. Anyway, long story short, we are about to get more Rose and the Doctor. That's right, it's actually happening. Because Big Finish are going to be doing another season of 10th Doctor Adventures, and they're reuniting David Tennant and Billy Piper to reprise their roles. Now, the last season of the 10th Doctor Adventures from Big Finish had him back with Donna Noble, and it was pretty good. But honestly, I'm so happy about this. I'm such a big Rose fan. I'm sure there's going to be lots of gooey PR shots of them in the studio making goo-goo eyes at each other, and they're going to get leaked, and I'm going to be looking at them on my phone while crossing the road, and then I'll pause for a second, I'll get hit by a truck, and the last thing I'll say as the paramedics wheel me into the... (sighs) Totally worth it. I just love them so much. Next up in Doctor Who news, Michelle Gomez has called it quits. That's right, Michelle Gomez has said that with the departure of Peter Capaldi and Stephen Moffat, she too is going to be bailing as Missy at the end of this season. My pals are going, so I'm going, she told RadioTimes.com. Everybody's leaving, so I'm going too. I mean, what would I do without Peter and Stephen? We've often asked that question ourselves. Now, it's sad news, but does this mean that thanks to some wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey nonsense, we might somehow be getting John Sims back as the master? Like, for good. And is my theory that Missy has never been the master, but another character entirely, maybe the Rani, about to get proven correct? Am I speculating way too much? Yes. Yes, I am. That's all the time we have for news this week, but now it's time for my interview with Rove. Now, a little bit of context. Um, 
I'm going to be on next week's episode of Whovians on ABC2, which is lovely. So uh, Rove and I had a chat, and he agreed to come on the show, and we had the most intense, passionate, charming, memorable... I'm making it sound like we made love. We had the most amazing interview, and it went really, really beautifully. And then, you know, we said goodbye, thanks, mate, see you next week on set, and roll credits. Problem is, Audacity, the program I use to record this show every week, just deleted the interview. It just deleted it. It just it just dumped it into the ether. And uh, once I had finished screaming and punching the windows out, I calmed down, took a deep breath, uh, message drove, and we did a different interview. Another interview. Totally different. We didn't rehash any of the same stuff. So what you're about to hear is take two of my interview with Rove, host of Whovians on ABC2. And... Uh, we hit record just as we were starting to talk about how utterly bewildering technology is and about how unreliable it can be. So I hope you enjoy. It's an arcane art, dude. It's like in the same way that in Doctor Who they go, okay, so the sonic screwdriver is a scientific implement. But when you actually think about it, it's a magic wand, right? Like that's all it is. It's space well, magic. It is, meant to be a, it is literally meant to be a screwdriver. It's meant to be a way to pick locks. That's why, yeah, I think like many people, I'm one of those ones in recent years ago. Like when it unfroze him, if that was the word, in the Crimson Horror, when he was like a red statue thing, and mm. wavered the sonic and he was fine. I was like, what is, that's when it absolutely crossed the line for me. But wait, that annoyed you? Oh, yeah. That's not what a sonic <laughs> screwdriver It's a bloody screwdriver. Yeah, but is you know, it? I, 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 well, nowadays, I would say, okay, it is a, it, it is a scanner. Yep, sure. yep. Um, a torch as of a couple of weeks ago, hmm. that makes sense. Um, and a, uh, yeah, a means of opening any, it can pick any lock and open any door. Yeah, but how? How, how, does it, how does it work? How does it work? Through noise. It's a thing. <laughs> Isn't that the answer? You can't yell at a thing and make it do a thing. That's not how things work. <laughs> well, look, I know uh, we have a mutual friend, Justin Hamilton, who yep. had kidney stones blasted through <laughs> sound waves. So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, you know. Oh, my it God. It can be done. How do you feel about the doctor yeah. using... How do you feel about him using the sonic screwdriver to... Do you think him using the sonic screwdriver as a torch is the equivalent of using a revolver to turn a television on? Like, that's not what it's for. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Elvis Presley. That's what he is. You know, Elvis <laughs> going, I don't like this show, and just shooting the television to turn it off. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much what it's become now. Sure. Um, sure. When you think, <laughs> yeah. I kind of, I also wonder, like, what a what a Time Lord's eyes like. We've seen regeneration energy used to fix bones and entire bodies. Yeah. Um, so the fact that every every so often there's one who decides, oh, I need reading specs. You know, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Like, what else can you sonic? Like, what else can you have a sonic thing of? Well, trowels, apparently. That's River right. Song has a sonic trowel. That's so uh, stupid. Oh, my God. You should be able to have a, what would you have? Like, sonic, it's a sound thing. Um, and sound is good to, you, should, you could have, like, a sonic walkie-talkie type thing. Like, you know, that is able to... Like a whale's song, you know, like whales and dolphins and hippos have, they can sort of sonar. Um, oh, it would be like a scanner thing, like where you would just be able to, like, you could map out. I would, I had the glasses, um, but you would be able to sort of map out something in the distance 
and work out what it is. So with whale salt. Sitting around corners. Do you want it to be? Uh, Here's what I would want. Right. A Sonic version of the box you used to make as a kid that was like two milk cartons together with a mirror on one on the bottom and a mirror on the top that would allow you to see over walls and around corners. Wait, a what? Sonic one of those. Wait, like a what? what? What are you talking about? Oh, mate, you haven't lived. So here's what we do. <laughs> Get yourself two milk cartons. Sure. They still exist. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, analog milk. <laughs> Not this digital milk for Rome. Oh, no. That's what the M in MP3 says for, I'm sure. <laughs> um, you, yeah, so you cut... Cut the tops off, yep. stick them together, so you've got like a very long cardboard um, rectangular prism or whatever it is. Sure. And then you uh, put two mirrors in on like a 45-degree angle, one on the bottom, one at the top. You look in the bottom, the image is reflected off the one at the top, and you've, sorry, and you've cut a hole. That's the bit I didn't mention. Sure. Cut a hole in the bottom, cut a hole in the top. Uh, like a periscope, essentially. Oh, okay. So wait, what What kind of a nefarious so, kid... I'll, I'll start again. Sure. Ask me that question again. Okay, so wait, what actually is it? Uh, you'd like a... I'd want a sonic periscope. There you go. Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> so okay. I'd like to work out... Oh, wait a minute. What I'm describing <laughs> is a periscope. Just if you like... Just imagine describing like a it's flat... A mirror. It's a mirror-type cardboard tube thing that allows you to... You mean a periscope? Yeah. Well, I guess. If, if only be... there was some kind of sonic device that would allow you to see through walls. You mean like a window? Like a sonic window? Um, yeah. Yeah. How are we going to get up to the top of the house, Dad? Oh, what we need is uh, we want like 19 uh, long planks and you want to put them between uh-huh. two. But you want like a hinge at the top. What's the hinge for? You'll mm-hmm. find out later. And then what you do is you yeah. have you have rubber so stocks. If we, crush, if we crush the milk cartons to make them flat. Yes. And then... And then the next one up has like three or four milk cartons, so it's just slightly higher. You mean like a step? Uh, okay. But it's a sonic staircase. Sure. So you can't, but you're just affixing the word sonic to a thing. Now, the reason. Okay, here we go, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Sonic toilet paper. So it excites the it, particles on the butt. Literally, it literally scares the shit out of you. You, no. you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to put your hand anywhere near it. I think it's a disgusting habit. As human beings, how have we not moved on from this? It is the. It's like a, a bidet, like a sound. Sonic bidet. bidet. It's a sonic, sonic bidet. <laughs> so sound waves hit your asshole. Yep. And it's pristine. I know. I know. I know. You're all mocking. I'm seriously painting this. I'm literally running it down. No, dude. If you have a thing that screams at your anus once, uh-huh. twice a day, ideally, and then just kind of like sure. just vibrates it right I mean, in. That's Adam Richard, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Shh, okay. All right. This um, this got. Uh, the, I mean, appropriate to Doctor Who. This just got a little blue. I think what ideally what you want, you want Star Trek technology, so you can basically beam anything out of your body into a toilet, right? Oh, hey, that's not bad. Mm. Oh, that's, yeah, like a hollow deck type. Not a hollow deck, a transporter. Well, it's hollow afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the worst VR simulation where you just go, oh, I'm in a bowel. What? How did this happen? Do you know that straight away, though? Or do you figure that out as is that the twist? The plot twist is, here's where you are, right? I always find that, like, The Invisible Enemy was one with Doctor Who and kind of they did into the Dalek a bit the same. Mm. The whole um, fantastic voyage, we're going to shrink you down and you'll find your way through the human body. You go, how? You wouldn't know what anything looks like or which way sends you where. No. Um, I mean, if you wait long enough, I mean, 
you'd assume you'd just find your way out. Well, I mean, that's as, how... The, as God intended. Yeah, there's, wisdom. there's certain muscles, especially if the person you're inside does Kegel. I don't know if Daleks do Kegels. I mean, your car lids are all muscle. Do. I so. mean, their pelvis is on the floor. Permanent. <laughs> the pelvic floor has got wheels on it. Yeah, yeah. Surely they must... They must do. <laughs> do, you reckon, do you reckon the little K-led, like, weird squid thing that's inside a Dalek, yeah. would they have to do, like, the um, um, sort of exercises you get on a plane so they don't get deep vein thrombosis? Like, would they have to just, every now and again, just stop and just, like, stretch the tentacles out or something yeah, probably. so they don't cramp. Well, because at the start of um, Khaled uh, Die Hard, Khaled Bruce Willis has to actually, like, he takes his uh, he takes the, the, the casing off and then stretches his tentacles on the floor, and then Nakatomi Plaza goes, everything goes south. You yeah, know? and yeah. That's, a th- that's, that's the other thing, too. Like, if, if a Dalek does come out of its casing and come after you, you just shoot the windows. Shoot the windows. That when, all over the floor. Yeah. Done. Unless you know who its wife is, then you just go straight to the wife. Right? Oh, of course, always. Yeah, always. Yeah. Leverage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just a small gun taped to the back of a, of a, of a pile of goo inching towards Hans Gruber. <sighs> oh, Hans Gruber. I know. Wow. He would be a good doctor. The late Alan Rickman would have been an excellent doctor. Absolutely. I think there was a something a person put on YouTube of recasting... Uh, although I think they were using Americans for, like, there was another, they did a, if you were to do um, Doctor Who in the States. But I'm sure they put Alan Rickman in there, meaning it was probably done by an American who just assumed he was American. Sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think he was on there. He would be, he'd be great. He'd be great. Um, I do get fascinated by, because especially at the moment, there's rumours abounding, you know, that we all know who the next Doctor is and then and then it gets proven that it's not correct or whatever. Mm. And you even think um, uh, prior to, apparently, like, Colin Baker was, his name was put up before he actually, I think he went for the role of number five or something. Yeah. But anyway, you, you hear all these stories. Like now, of course, we're all fascinated by the shortlist of names and all these rumours that come up and you realise, oh no, that would have happened way back in the day too. Mm. I think the second Doctor was almost going to be, I can't remember the guy's name, but he played Fagan in the um, uh, Oliver Twist musical movie. Sure. And I just think he would have been a fascinating Doctor. Like there's so many actors that you think of what they, what they would have brought to the role. Well, Bernard Cribbins went for it, you know? Did he really? Yeah, yeah, apparently he got quite close. So having him back on the Doctor was like a really nice way of having him involved in some way. I mean, it was like 50 years after the fact, but a young Bernard Cribbins would have been, an old Bernard Cribbins would have been amazing. Well, he was in the, yeah, he, he starred with Cushing in the, in the movies mm-hmm. back in the, in the sixties. So, um, yeah, he would have been a bit, it's like the, um, the curse of fatal death is just like a casting dream. Yeah. We've got Richard E. Grant, uh, Hugh Grant, Joanna Lumley, um, Joanna Lumley, and Rowan Atkinson, uh, Jim Broadbent. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's just brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. But we can't have it. We can't have it. It has to be someone from the UK, right? All the colonies. Like I, I would, I would settle for an Australian doctor, maybe. But I'll want someone from the UK. Uh, well, yeah, we um, we have 
hopefully got uh, Peter Capaldi coming up um, before Hoovian's wraps this season. Mm. And that would be my question to him. I know there's been a lot of talk of, well, we're due for a female doctor, but we've never had an Australian doctor. We've had a, an Australian James Bond. Yeah, look at uh, that. Let's just know, get lazy. Everyone, <laughs> everyone, oh. You could be if you get cast as oh. as an Australian doctor, you are the Lazenby of that franchise. Like, there's no way to escape Man. that. You thought McGann had a short run. This would be. I mean, he's just he's just the jinx, isn't he? Oh God, Paul Lazenby. We've had a, we've had an Australian Tarzan back when that was something people did. Yeah, but Tarzan never cracked his head on a, you know on a mighty redwood and then regenerated into another shirtless man. As far as I'm okay, aware. Okay, so who are we thinking? Who are we thinking? Who, so, who does it need to be? If we can stretch it to New Zealand, I my vote's for Sam Neill. Oh, sure. Well, we've adopted him as one of ours. Yeah, he's ours now. Yeah. He'd be great. Actually, he would be fantastic. Mm. That's the, oh, that might help. I wonder as an actor how much of that comes into play now. Like, if you were if you were looking to be cast in the role, mm-hmm. for companions, they say, hey, you're better off not knowing. It kind of keeps it real. But as the doctor, like, how much... You know, you don't want to be saying metabolist instead of metabolist and have the whole of fandom going, oh, you don't know anything. Um, so, yeah, I wonder, like, if you if you even had the idea of, oh, I hear Peter Cavalli's leaving, would you just suddenly binge watch as much as you could? Sure, sure. Or ideally be a fan already. Important. You know, like, if you're already a fan, then that's the problem solved. But then you're, then you're going to bring a certain kind of, what's the word, desperation to the room when you're reading? <laughs> you know? <Yes>. You know? <laughs> A certain, a certain amount of sobbing when you find out you don't have it. Yeah. But that was Capaldi. Like, he said, oh, he went in for it going, there's no way. There's no way I get cast in this. Yeah. I'm, I'm not what they're looking for. I, uh, you know, my opportunity would have been a couple of years ago, and that's that's gone. Mm. So, you know, well, it was, it's been fun, but uh, thanks for at least having me in. So I think he was – he's been – I'm going to miss him just purely because he's such a great ambassador – for the brand that is Doctor Who. Yes, yeah. Like, he's just... It's just incredible the amount of passion and love he had. Like, Tennant was a fan, but but Capaldi's an ambassador. He's a statesman, like he's, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he talks about it with such affection. And, and he. it's almost like he's got the office of president and it means a lot to him. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, he was, I was really hoping he would break the mould and stay on for another year. But, um, you know, because it sort of feels like you have a year of just getting to know what the hell it is, and then you have a second year where you go, okay, here we go. And then the third year is when you sort of find your groove, and then we're saying goodbye. Hmm, I guess. But he might come back for stuff later on. Like, I, I'm sure he's not He's not burning. He's not doing an Eccleston where he's like, I'm never setting foot in that building again. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. That is true. I wonder if that'll ever... Do you think that'll ever happen, though? Do you ever think Eccleston will be back or not? I don't know. I feel like... I mean, I'm sure there's not, like, a sign at the door when you check in with, like, a, his face with a circle and a red cross through it. I'm sure he could probably... I'm sure he's allowed in. But, I mean, what would... T- it was one season. Like, what could have gone... And it was a good season. I have no idea what well, turned him off. Was, I, I heard one interview where he, he wasn't naming names. Yeah. But he sort of made it clear there was... It was two other people at the very, very top. So I'm guessing, I don't know, whoever was head of the BBC and maybe Russell T. Davies? Sure. He had creative differences with, like, when he signed on, he said, here's what I want to do with it, and it kind of didn't become that. Mm. And when he would voice his concerns, he wasn't listened to. So that kind of caused the friction. And then I think the sort of straw that broke the camel's back was that it got announced before, I think he was like two episodes in. 
on air and everybody knew he was leaving. So I think he kind of left with a bad taste in his mouth. And oh. you go, well, Tom Baker was like that. Tom Baker was, you know, he wanted nothing to do with the show for years, for decades. Um, I guess the difference is Eccleston is working. <laughs> yes, he very much is. <laughs> and has no reason to come back. How would you fare? If you, like, okay, so if you got the call to play the Doctor, how would you... How would you not not just how would you deal with the fame and the like the intense press scrutiny, but how would you deal with the fun stuff? Like you get taken into a costume room and you get to assemble your doctor's look. You get to design that your would sonic. Be the bit. Yeah, that would be the bit that I think would be would be exciting. I, I must admit, um, in a very sad way, I bought I bought a, a, a coat last winter. Towards the end of winter, yeah, and I was wearing it to work one day. And it was one of the I'm, I, I get hot very easily, sure, but or, or like if I'm inside, I'm perfectly fine in a in a t-shirt or what have you. So it's really only to sort of wear outside when it's a bit cold. So I was wearing it and then just with a t-shirt underneath and then just these pants and these comfortable boots that I have. And as I was kind of leaving, I looked at myself and went. Oh, that would be my wardrobe. That's my Doctor Who wardrobe. Nice. It's like this three-quarter jacket coat thing, just a very easily obtainable for cosplayers, uh, T-shirt underneath, and I could mix that up with a bit of something like Capaldi's been doing. Um, it's not quite, you know, the Eccleston all black. It's also, you know, not quite the, you know, tweed button-up thing of, of Matt Smith or a suit or anything. It's kind of got a nice just jacket and T-shirt kind of look. I think that would be it. You think of a hat or a scarf or any kind of like a, a weird affectations, like a, like like a cane? To be honest, I think we're due for active wear though. Oh no, not a, not no, not a Lululemon thing of like well, no. Think about it. Think about it. The amount of running around that sure. the doctor does, like if I go, oh, I'm gonna go to the playground with my daughter. Better put my suit on. I don't do that. I don't. He doesn't dress for his job. But you want like a, you want, okay, so we're going to see. He, is he one of those you dress for the job you want? So you so <laughs> you want the job you have. Wear a tuxedo so to the, the park. At the end of the day, he just wants to be valet parking somebody while doing their accounts. But you want a morph suit, something that absorbs sweat, one piece, easily yep. changeable, cheap, flexible. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. All of the above. And just. Or just a mascot outfit. Wait, like one of the koalas who collect money at the traffic lights? Oh, no, they look ill. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like when when you're peering through, you know, the mouth the hole mesh, on The mesh hole. In... And the eye just it looks like a half-melted candle or something. It's like if the, there was a silence version of a koala, that's what those koalas were. And then you'd, well, then you'd have a sonic bucket, wouldn't you? You'd have a sonic coin-collecting bucket. Right, the coins just constantly jostling noisily under the sound waves. So you would be constantly walking around with them, just zipping in to the into the bucket. So wherever you are in space, you've, you're you're making some extra cash. You know what? I'm onto this idea now. I've turned around. But how do you know the silence aren't actually just mascots for like I don't know, based on their c- complexion, a toothpaste company, and there's just a me- mesh hole. It should be. Yeah. I think um I think they are intergalactic marshmallow mascots. Slash charity muggers. Slash charity muggers, for sure. <laughs> the reason you forget them is because of the shame you have for not donating. <laughs> yeah. You, you you want to pretend. Uh, it's like we all act that way. Who hasn't acted that way going past a busker or a koala with a bucket or a homeless person where you, you're suddenly, oh, I am seeing nothing. And if anyone says, hey, you just walked past that 
guy with a squeegee. You go, oh, what what guy with a squeegee? I don't even know what you're talking about. Get home covered you're in right. that's, covered that's in numbers. The silence are they are just the intergalactic homeless person mascot um, for what was the third one? Whatever the third one was. I think it was a charity mugger, maybe. No, it was buskers. Buskers. Hey, if this sounds a bit loose, listeners, uh, and loose isn't bad, it's because uh, we did a half hour interview. Um, and it was great. I mean, like, you know, this is like the, 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 the uh, Tenacious D song, you know, the tribute. This is the tribute <laughs> podcast to the podcast because my computer deleted it. It was your computer was like our conversation was a silence. Yeah. Is it silent or silence? Sil- is it many silences? Actually, it's Sili in Latin. Sili. Yeah. Um, yeah, your computer just, dis- your, uh, uh, the file was deleted and just one notch came up on the screen. Just yeah. one notch out of five. Um, I had some, a tremendous theories about um, Susan coming back and how I would do it, but I dare say I'll probably bring that up at some point anyway. Yeah. Um, and how I used to make little cardboard cutout um, marionettes almost, little cardboard dolls, let's call them dolls. They're dolls, they were, yeah. Of uh, my... Of all, of all the doctors back in the day, before there was like really toys you could play with, I would just draw pictures of them and make them dance around. That, that's dance the bit I was, the, I was. What is this? Don't no, you can dance. You can. The doctor dances. It's canon. Hey, look, if we've had a Harry Potter musical, yep. or at least a West End play, yep. surely there is Doctor with an exclamation mark coming at some point. Until it gets funding, it's Doctor question mark, and only when they give it the red stamp will they make it Doctor. And you know, well, the, the theme, the, the opening song and sort of the closing song would would be the theme. It would have to be the theme. Yeah, with lyrics, though. Like, it would be Doctor Who. He's, he's here for me and you. And so on and so on. Let's get Lin-Manuel, you know, to really polish it up. No, I think I nailed it. I think I nailed it. You know what? I'm writing that down too. I'm writing that, that down too. All right. Sonic bidet. <laughs> to the musical. Great. All right. Done. I feel like we've just made a lot of money and made a lot of people very sad. Um, and Rove, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll see you on Hoovians on the 28th. Yes, you will. Um, I'm looking forward to that. We'll be what? Uh, part two of three for what they're saying is this. Mid-season arc, whatever that means. I think mm. it just means this scary monks are going to be floating around for a couple of episodes. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, it's hard to believe we're already halfway through. It's crazy after waiting so long for Doctor Who to be back. It's almost gone. Again. Do you think? Um... No, I never do ever. Good. All right. <laughs> Nailed it. I think that's a, that's a good finish. Um, Rove, thank you so much, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you soon. I'll see you on the telly. Nice. Time now for Doctor Who Cliff's Notes. And I've been a little bit nervous about this one because, look, brash, overbearing, bit of a dick. Colin Baker's Sixth Doctor was meant to be a new, darker spin on the Doctor. A ruthless, aggressive man who Colin Baker, the actor playing him, wanted clad entirely in black. However, the producer at the time, John Nathan Turner, went in the opposite direction. So he demanded a costume that was deliberately tasteless and garish, landing eventually on a rainbow coat worn by the Sixth Doctor. So to visualize this coat, try and imagine a seamstress on very powerful hallucinogens wandering into a fabric sample showroom covered in glue, and then just sort of running aggressively in random directions, and then once she'd come down, sewing together everything she found stuck to her the next morning. So in short, 
bit of a unique look for the Doctor. Now, the Sixth Doctor was, as I've already mentioned, a platinum douchebag. Now, he seemed to tolerate rather than enjoy the company of his companion Perry, and his ego and self-confidence seemed utterly overwhelming at times. And now, have you ever had a friend who talks themselves up and then promptly does something that proves they're actually just sort of hot air? That's the problem with Six. He delivered the goods. So he actually managed to fix the chameleon circuit, allowing the TARDIS to blend in with its surroundings like it was designed to do. So he was an absolute turd, but, you know, he, he backed it up. Now, The Sixth Doctor had a very patchy run of stories, but things got interesting when they reached the 14-episode story Trial of a Time Lord, in which we are introduced to a villain that I'm genuinely surprised we haven't seen again in New Who, the Valyard. Now, the Valyard was a Time Lord who yanked The Sixth Doctor back to Gallifrey for getting Perry killed. Now, we later find out that the Valyard is, wait for it, this is great, a possible future incarnation of the Doctor who's gone rogue. Now, the whole thing is sort of a courtroom drama slash conspiracy thriller, and it's actually kind of great, and it ends with the Sixth Doctor leaving with Mel, a companion who he hadn't met yet. So he and Mel meet each other out of order, right? Sound familiar? You still think River Song is totally original? Anyway, uh, the BBC... The BBC are wonderful, but they kind of screwed Colin Baker because the show was put on hiatus, and when Six regenerated into Seven... We only saw it at the start of Seven's run, with Sylvester McCoy, the actor who played the Seventh Doctor, having to put on a curly wig to make the sequence happen at all. So we never actually saw what, ha what caused the regeneration. But the reason I'm so fond of Six, and I really am, is because when Big Finish began doing audio plays, they had Colin Baker's Doctor team up with an elderly history professor, Evelyn Smythe. Now, or Evelyn. Uh, his adventures with Evelyn are among the best Doctor Who stories out there, period. I, I kid you not. They're amazing. And they allowed Colin Baker's Doctor to become, you know, happier, wittier, calmer, and frankly, better as a character. So basically, Big Finish allowed Six to become many people's favorite Doctor. And there have been surveys as to people's favorite Doctors from the audio plays, and it's, it's usually always Baker. Now, to imagine the dynamic between the Doctor and Evelyn... Imagine Hugh Laurie and Judy Dench. Oh my god. How are those two not in Doctor Who already? Anyway, Colin Baker's the sixth Doctor. He had a run as patchy as his vomit-inducing coat, but he really did redeem himself later in audio form, and he paved the way for one of my favourite Doctors, Sylvester McCoy. We're going to talk about him next week. But first, let's leave you with some episodes to watch. Now, I'm going to be perfectly honest... There's not many. All you really need to watch, in my opinion, is Revelation of the Daleks, which is a very, very solid Dalek story. Uh, and then you can pretty much just jump to Trial of a Time Lord, which I know is contentious, but it's, again, it's a season's worth of interlocking episodes with a really good villain. And it's, you know, it's kind of worth watching. And then what you should do is shut your eyes and listen to pretty much all his big finish stuff, because it's usually excellent. Anything he did with Evelyn is utterly wonderful. Oh, that coat was awful. Sadly, that's all the time there is this week for The Doctor Is In. And you know, like, after that Rove incident, once I hit stop on this entire thing, I'm, I just have this terrible fear that the entire episode will have eaten itself and my computer is just going to detonate. But before that happens, uh, just a very quick thank you again uh, to my guest this week, host of Whovians on ABC2, Rove. And don't forget, you can catch me. I'm a guest panelist on uh, on the next episode of Whovians. So on the 28th, um, you can tune in ABC2 straight after Doctor Who. Uh, and it's also going to be on, on iView, obviously. There'll be more details later on. But long story short, I'm going to be on Whovians. I'm very, very excited and I hope you're watching. And I will catch you all next week for another episode of The Doctor Is In. See you later. <laughs>
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.